Good morning, everybody. I am here at the church. I'm in the nursery. Uh, some of you kids out there, if you're watching, this room might look a little familiar to you. We have the whale back here. Um, but hopefully you've been able to follow along in this series going through the book of 1 Peter. And Andrew and Michael and JT have done a great job of just really highlighting the main points of this book of the Bible. And you've probably noticed them mention the word suffering quite a bit because suffering is a main theme that runs through this book. And suffering just simply is anything in your life that causes distress or pain or hardship, any of those things. And, you know, we, we experience a lot of variety of suffering, don't we? It could be something really severe that maybe your health is really bad and your life is in danger. Or just look at our country right now. We're going through a lot of things around us where there is unrest when it comes to racism and unrest when it comes to job loss. And suffering also applies to our day-to-day -day life. It could be that someone you love a lot says something that hurts your feelings or you're put in a really irritating situation. But we know that suffering is something that is to be expected. And Peter tells us in this book that, that it's normal. It's for Christians. We are to expect it. And suffering is anything that just makes our life hard. So I notice what Peter does here as we look at chapter four today, that he really sandwiches this chapter when he talks about suffering. So he spends pretty much the whole half of the first half of the chapter talking about suffering. And you guess it, he, he spends the whole second half talking about suffering. But in the middle, in the middle of the sandwich, kind of getting to the meat, he pauses and he starts to talk about something else. He actually starts to talk about how we react, how we behave. So it causes us to pause and ask the question to ourselves. So when things are hard, when I'm in the middle of the hard, how do I treat those who are around me? How do I treat them? Because it could be that things are hard because you don't know if you're gonna be able to pay your bills. Or you may live with a learning disability or, or really be experiencing great discouragement or depression. Or maybe you've lost someone to death who is very close to you. And those are stressful things. And when we're stressed, it's easy for us to lash out at those who cross our path. Now, what about this question? What if you're experiencing suffering because of someone? What if it is a person in your life who is, is making things hard for you? So we're gonna look today at 1 Peter because we live in a culture that says you can say what you wanna say whenever you wanna say it, you can do whatever you wanna do, but what does the Bible say about how we treat others. And we're gonna see that Peter tells us to focus on two things in particular. It's how we serve those around us and it's how we speak to those around us. So let's read our passage together here. 
We're going to be in the middle of chapter 4 in verses 7 through 11. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Now, after reading these instructions, we notice that these are some pretty high expectations, aren't they? But I think it helps to look at the man who's writing these words. It's Peter, and when he first started getting to know Jesus, he was known for for having a reputation of being uh, pretty hot under the collar. He would react quickly, he would say things quickly, he was pretty rough around the edges. But Peter spent three whole years immersed in the life of Jesus. He was best friends with Jesus. And it's from that place of getting to know Jesus and how he changes our lives that Peter writes these words to believers. He writes these words to us. So let's take a look at the first word he mentions. He mentions serving, that we serve others. We're called to serve other people. And as believers, we just don't get off the hook if things are hard or stressful or if there's actually a person causing our suffering. And Jesus really models this well for us. I think back to when it was the night before he was going to die and he's actually having a meal with his closest friends and they come off the street into this house and back then the streets were really dirty and dusty. They wore sandals so their feet got dirty and dusty. And they enter this house, and does Jesus just sit down and say, Okay, guys, I'm ready to eat. Give me my food. No, he actually kneels down, and he washes the dirt and the dust off their feet, something that was reserved for the servants to do. And we know that Jesus would have been under tremendous stress at this time. He knew that in less than 24 hours, he was going to die very slowly, very painfully, but here he proceeds to even wash Judas's feet, who is going to, to just hand him over to suffering. So Jesus shows us how to serve. He was always serving. And one of the things I love about Jesus is that he will never ask us to do something without providing what we need to do it. And the same is true for serving others. Let's look at what it says here in our passage about this. It says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. And if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. 
So God is the one who gives us the ability. He gives us the gifting to serve, and he gives us the strength. We are told this here. We're not on our own. It's supernatural. And I think about quarantine and how this is a time where God still wants us to serve others. And our small group has been meeting every week through Zoom. And about a month ago, my husband, Ben, challenged our group in this area. He said, this is a time to really, where it's really easy to look inward. But he challenged us to ask God, show us a specific person that we're each to serve. And show us, God, how we are to serve that person. It could be someone we're at home with, someone that we serve from a distance. And we found, as we asked God what he wanted us to do, that he asked things of us that didn't come very naturally to us or we might not have picked to do um, that were a sacrifice. And I think of one lady in our group who committed to serving her dad. Her dad needed um, projects done that were really important to him. And even though she had a lot on her plate, she, she served him in that way. And there was another mom who noticed with all of her responsibilities and the stress of life that when her kids would come up to talk with her throughout the day, that she found herself maybe not really giving them a lot of attention because she was multitasking in her mind. And she said, I'm going to serve my kids by giving them my full attention. And we see a really beautiful thing happens when we begin to serve people. And we see it here in verse 10. It says that we're faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So when we are serving, God's grace is present. God is the one who, has a, who is at work. He is at work in our serving. We are just simply ushering in His grace to our situations. We're just bringing in his grace to our relationships. So we serve through his strength, through his ability. And so I'd like to look now at another word that Peter uses here. He talks about speaking, how we speak to others, that we speak like God would. And this is to people who are like us. And it's also to people who are very different from us people who may be from another culture or have a different color of skin, who believe differently than us, who think differently than us. We are to serve them. And here's what our passage says. It says we, we speak as one who speaks the very words of God. And boy, that is super intimidating, isn't it? To think of speaking like God does but if you think about it, we have the words of God, we have the words of Jesus all throughout our Bibles. We can run to the word of God to get our words. We have them there for us. And I think it's also really helpful to look at what Jesus has to say about this. And we can look in the book of Matthew where Jesus at this time is talking to his close disciples 
He's preparing them. He's actually about to send them out to form relationships with people in the community, to tell them about the kingdom of God, to heal their sicknesses and diseases. And at the same time, he tells them, you are going to suffer as you go out. And so we find here what he says. And who would have been right there with him? It would have been Peter. It would have been Peter. He would have heard these words. He would have gotten sent out. He would have experienced the suffering. And here's what Jesus says to Peter and the other disciples in Matthew 10, verses 19 through 20. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. So just like God, through the Holy Spirit, gave the disciples the words to say in the moment, He will give us the words to say in the moment. We just have to ask and we say, God, I have no clue what to say here. No clue at all. Would you show me? Would you show me? And he will. You know, during this time of quarantine, our family of five, my husband and my three boys, we have been extremely challenged in this area of how to speak. And we've had a lot of places in our lives where we thought we were doing pretty good in how we talked to one another and how we communicated. We thought we were in good shape. But as we've had this really focused time together, together all the time, God has really been putting his finger on places that are not in good shape. He's saying, you need to work on this. You need to speak with humility, be quick to apologize. Watch the tone that you speak in. He's doing a rich and a deep work in us. And, you know, I believe that the enemy loves to get a hold in our relationships when it comes to the way we talk. So either we say too much, maybe in an unkind way, and that causes damage, or maybe we don't say enough. Maybe we keep silent. We avoid, and that causes damage too. And I understand from experience how tricky this area of communication can be. I have experienced fears of if I speak up, I'll be misunderstood. I'll be ignored. I'll be rejected. Or if I start to talk that I'll just blow up and I'll say things that I regret. Or that in the moment, I'm not going to know what to say. However, this area of speech is resonating with you right now. God is saying you don't need to live in fear because he promises to give you the words. Our God designed language. He created speech. And he will provide in this way, just like he does in other ways. So there's a story I wanted to share that I feel really represents how we serve, how we speak to others. And it's the story of Corey Ten Boom. And she was a Christian and she hid Jews in her home during the Nazi occupation of Holland back during the Holocaust. And she was arrested for that and she was sent to a concentration camp. 
And there she suffered horrible things, things we could never imagine. And miraculously, Corey lived. She lived out of that situation and she spent a lot of the rest of her life traveling around the world, telling her story and telling people about God and his love and how to forgive. And one day she had finished giving a talk to a large crowd and a man walked up to Corey and he introduced himself and he said, you know, you were talking about that concentration camp and I actually was a guard there. And he said since then, he had become a Christian and he just felt like he was supposed to come up to Corey that night and ask for her forgiveness and he extended his hand to her. Now, this man did not recognize Corey at all, but Corey sure did recognize this man. He was actually one of the guards over her. He had caused her suffering. And so in that moment, she was flooded with all the memories of her suffering, how she and countless others were stripped naked and persecuted by those guards. And so in that moment, standing there before that man, here's what happened to Corey. And I want to read her words that, that she said. She says, suddenly it was as if I saw Jesus at the cross. I remembered the Bible telling that they took his garments. He hung there naked and I knew he hung there for me, for my sins. And in my suffering, I understood a fraction of the suffering of Jesus Christ. I remembered the words of Jesus, the words of God to forgive. It couldn't have been many seconds that he stood there, hand held out, but to me it seemed hours as I wrestled with the most difficult thing I had ever had to do. Jesus, help me, I prayed silently. And so woodenly, mechanically, I thrust my hand into the one stretched out to me. And as I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder, raced down my arm, sprang into our joined hands. And then this healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, brother, I cried with all my heart. And for a long moment, we grasped each other's hands, the former guard and the former prisoner. I had never known God's love so intensely as I did then. If there's one thing I've learned, it's that I can't store up good behavior, but only draw fresh from God each day. And that's what Corey did. She drew fresh from God. She served this man by taking and holding his hand. She spoke the words of God to forgive, but it wasn't Corey. No, it was God's power and strength through her. And you might find yourself asking, you know, is it even possible to do this? Is it even possible to do the words that Peter writes to us? You know, you might say, back then they weren't going through a worldwide pandemic. Or Peter didn't have to drive into the city to get to his work and be in the middle of a riot. 
But you know, Peter and the church at this time, they were undergoing extreme persecution. So Peter does not write these words lightly. He has been through suffering and he has experienced, experienced the power of the Holy Spirit to serve and to speak. And so why do we do these things? Why do we serve and why do we speak? And we see it in our passage. It says, so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. It's because God is praised. God gets the glory. So when you serve your family and your friends, you are pointing them to Jesus. And when you speak to your neighbors, to people at work, and you speak with them in love, even in the middle of suffering, you are pointing them to a loving God. And we're not just pointing others. We're really pointing ourselves as well. We're pointing ourselves to God. When we serve and speak in his power, we're taking the focus off of us. We're making it about him. We're making it about what he wants to do. And we are looking to his goodness, his power, and his love. So I want to take a minute now and I want to just wait on the Holy Spirit before we pray. I want us to ask him together, what are you speaking? What are you trying to tell us right now? So would you just pray with me right now and ask the Holy Spirit to come and then just wait with me for a few seconds to listen? Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. We ask you to speak to our minds, speak to our hearts. We just wait on you right now. like I've gotten a sense this week that as you were listening to the words of Peter and listening to the words this morning that that you got a picture in your mind some of you have gotten a picture in your mind of a person in particular some of you out there have gotten that picture and you know that you're supposed to speak to them and maybe this is a relationship that um, that has has been on pause for a while and you're feeling the Lord telling you to reach out. And maybe there are some of you who felt things come to mind about the area of service. The Lord showing you that you're supposed to serve someone in a specific way, but you don't want to do it. It feels really hard. And so we can pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to help you do that. And I've also felt like some of you are really overcome by fear right now. So I want to pray for that as well. So let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. I ask you right now to fall with your sweet presence on us. 
Give us power to serve. Help us to not give up. Give us words to speak. Give us boldness to reach out to the people that you're putting on our hearts. We want to see your grace at work, Father. We want to see your healing at work. We want to be marked by your actions, marked by your words. And I just pray for those who feel overcome by fear. Would you minister, God, in just a special way to them right now? Right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your peace floods them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we're going to sing one more worship song, so please stick around for that, and I hope you have a great week.